Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 62. Um, I don't know what number is special 62, but this episode is going to be special, let me tell you, because we got NBA playoff talk, we got NHL playoff talk, we got tough scene of the week, which the last few tough scenes we've had have been excellent, so expect this one to be just as good. The tough scenes have been very, very good as of recent, and then we'll talk some Cardinals, maybe. Maybe a little bit, and then say hello, kiss, and goodbye to wrap up the show. Very simple show today. Um, preparing for maybe a big show next week. Stay tuned for the end of the episode to get some hints, maybe. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. NBA talk, Cam. The Lakers were swept by the Denver Nuggets. And yep. you want to start off with that series because the next one might take longer to talk about <laughs> yeah um i'm trying to remember what game we left off with when we were watching game two live okay. whenever we recorded and the heat and celtics had just played game one i'm pretty sure okay yeah yep well the lakers got swept and uh you know it was a different kind of sweep because every single game was close um Except I think game three kind of got away from her. Maybe it was game two, but um, but it was still close the entire time until just at the very end they pulled away. But um, game four in LA, um, LeBron dropped 31, I think, in the first half. I mean, it was insane uh, to watch. Like, he was not going to let them lose. Um and yet he dropped 30, and they were only up by a few at half. And then uh, the Nuggets just started roaring back in the third quarter, and they really didn't look back. And, uh, you know, the Lakers were able to keep up a little bit, but they could never cut the lead enough, and it was just over before you knew it. And, uh, yeah, they got swept. Uh, LeBron, I think, had 40, but so he kind of definitely gassed out after the first half. Um, only able to drop in 10. Not that 10's bad in a half, but when it's LeBron, you expect a little bit more, especially after he dropped 30 in the first half. But the bottom line is, Luke, is the Nuggets are pretty deep, and they just have a lot of scores. Like to when one guy's having a rough night, um, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, uh, Shaq always said, you know, you always, you always got to have uh, – another dominant piece when it's the big man is the best player. And it's usually a point guard or guard, you know, with Shaq, it was Kobe Shaq. It was with Dwayne Wade. Um, hell it was with Penny Hardaway. They just could never get to the finish line. Um, you know, and there's been some other examples throughout history, but, uh, you know, it's Jokic and it's Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray. I mean, if he plays like that during the finals, he could actually win finals MVP. I mean, he averaged 30 points per game in the series. Um, granted, I think Jokic, Average a triple double, uh, so he'd probably win MVP too. But um, I mean, it's just insane. Me and Luke, I think we rambled on about this last week. You know, Gordon is playing good. Michael Porter Jr. He's just ripping threes. He's not making all of them, but he is just letting it rip. Um, and that's a pretty good third option as well. And then you just got some veteran guys that have been there before, like KCP, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Um, <laughs> Jeff Green has been getting an unusual amount of minutes, um, oh, which is funny um, to see. But he is a vet, and he's been in the league for a while. He's not playing bad. Like, he's definitely playing good defense. I, he was playing solid defense on LeBron the other night. Um, so, 
they're just deep. And they have Jokic who just controls everything like a point guard from the center position. And me and Luke talked about it. he's the best player in the world. And um, I mean, that, that's that's really all yeah. you got to say. I mean, Nuggets are the best team left of the three oh, that are sure. left. So. Which is weird because coming into the, the season, I not the season, but the postseason, I think we both agreed that the Celtics were the best team. And we're kind of seeing some the of their Bucks weaknesses. Were. I thought the Bucks best. were. I think oh, okay. my prediction for the finals was Bucks Nuggets. I think I went full chalk. Yeah, um, I think you did because I think I remember making fun of you. But you did pick the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and I remember you specifically saying when I was like, "Oh, you have to have the Lakers going if you have them going that far." And you said they can't stop Jokic. Yeah. I distinctly remember you telling me that on the air. And uh, th- yeah, they pretty much they couldn't. There was nothing they could do. There were countless times where Jokic would just like, "Oh, there's two seconds left on the shot clock. Let me just." throw the ball over my head like I'm just, you know, taking warm-up shots for a pickup game, and it just goes in for a three-pointer. When you have stuff like that falling, there's there's nothing you could possibly do as the other team. I mean, you could maybe say, oh, you know, if AD played a little better. AD played excellent. Oh, you know, maybe if they hit some shots down the stretch. Sure, you could always say that. But when you have two guys playing that well, Jamal Murray and – Nikola Jokic, it's it's an unstoppable formula. I remember like at the when they were going for the podium and they were getting ready to announce the MVP of the series because they they do that right. They started doing that this yeah, year. Yeah, some like what Western Conference yeah. Final or it's like the Jerry West Trophy or some shit like yeah, that. They introduced that very recently, like the Conference Finals Trophy, and I was like, is this going to go to Jokic or is it going to go to Murray? Like I was genuinely a little curious because I was like. They've both been excellent in their own way, but Jokic is the leader of the team. He is the facilitator of that offense, so that award did go to him, as it probably should have, um, and so should have the regular season MVP, but we've talked about that enough. Uh, yeah, this Nuggets team is, they're looking good. They're looking good. This was the first time in their franchise history that they've gone to the finals, and it's also the first time that they've swept an opponent in the postseason. So a double whammy there for them in game four. Yeah, I mean, they were they were the better team in that series. The Lakers had a great run. Uh they they were they weren't supposed to be here. We'll say that. They they kind of surprised everyone. They turned their season around when it was when they needed to, when they absolutely needed to. They procrastinated that series or the this this season. Kind of like, you know, the Celtics. They're procrastinating their series right now, too. Um, just the way the world is working right now, a lot of procrastinating. Even it's it's trickling down into the sports. So, but the Lakers, they they couldn't quite pull it out. LeBron in his post game interview hinted at thinking. He's got to do some thinking. Which, you know, me and you, we've been doing a lot of thinking lately. LeBron, I can't even imagine the amount of thinking that LeBron is doing right now. He's probably thinking so hard, thinking about so much. He's 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 think the king, if you know what I mean, Cam. He's definitely thinking. I mean, he's got a lot to think about. You know, um, he did play with a torn ligament in his foot all postseason, which is not a shock coming off that foot surgery that he just re-injured it. I'm assuming it's the same foot. Um, they played through it, obviously. Um, and you're right. I mean, I, this is what I've been. Uh, 
I was talking with a friend last night. We were talking about this. And the bottom line is all true stud athletes contemplate retirement after they get swept. They all do it. It just hurts that bad. Um, I mean, I remember Giannis. I don't even think he got swept a few years ago, but he was only like 26 or 27 years old. They lost in the playoffs, and he contemplated retirement. I mean, uh, they they when you get swept, you just contemplate retirement, and LeBron's 20 years in. Um, but I don't think he's going to retire no. just because uh, the Bronny thing, and he actually had a, a damn good year despite the injuries. Um, he can still play. He's um, still he better than ninety percent of the league. That's what he said. I, I think he said ninety five percent, and I agree. I mean, I can't. I don't think he's in the top five percent. You know. Uh, yeah. I, me, and my dad were doing the math on that the other day. The top, if he was in the top ten percent of the league, better than ninety percent, that he would be a top thirty six player. That's yeah. definitely yes. That's, that's true. He is 100% correct on that. 60 players in the league, yeah, something like that. Now, if he's better than 95% of the league in the top 5%, which he said maybe, that would be top 18, which I would put him there. I'd put him I, at the I, tail I, end of that. I think I could I think put him would, in there, yeah. Yeah, it, that's it's arguable, though. It's not definite. Um, I think I, I'd put him in, in the 10 to 18 range, but. Yeah, I, I, there's no way that he retires. I think the worst possible case scenario is that he does like a Gronk or a Marshawn Lynch and he just takes a year off, says he's retiring, and then when Brawny gets drafted to the NBA, he signs with that team. Personally, when he, when he said that he's got a lot of thinking to do, I didn't take it as retirement. I took it as my future with the Lakers. Um, he's won a championship with them. Now, Brawny is going to USC. As of now, he could decommit, but he's committed to USC, which is in the LA area. So LeBron with the Lakers, Brody with the Trojans of USC, they're right they're right there next to each other. So geographical wise, the Lakers makes a lot of sense. But as far as the team, I, I don't really know if this is a team that's going to win a championship in the next few years. And I think LeBron might see that. You know, LeBron knows he's at the end of his career here. He's got to win some championships. That's that's the only reason he's playing. He said, "I, you know, at this point in my career, I'm not playing for a Western Conference Finals appearance," and that is so true. I mean, he's been to ten finals. He, he's not going for the runner up to the finals at this point in his career. He wants to go there and win it all. And I think he's starting to see that the Lakers are trending in maybe the wrong direction. You know, missing the playoffs completely last year. You know, given all they had this year, and then being ultimately swept. It's not, you know, it's not very encouraging for someone like him. So that could mean maybe requesting a trade. Yeah, but when, be, where do you go? You know, where do you go? Do you go to, I mean, you only have a few options. If you're talking about true title contenders, Nuggets, Warriors, Celtics, Bucks, Suns, I, I wouldn't want to, I mean, that's that's basically it. Those are your contenders left. What about the Heat? We'll talk about the Heat here. I think moment. if LeBron went to the Heat, they would be a title contender. LeBron and Jimmy Butler here in a okay. moment. All right. Yeah, I, those are definitely the big four. Uh, the Warriors, in my opinion, out of those four, would make the most sense. I do. I agree. But that 
I don't want him to do that because kind of LeBron's career, at least in the last half decade, has just been a big rivalry with the Warriors, pretty much. Like whenever the Lakers beat the Warriors this year, all the LeBron fans were super happy because that's the team he's got to beat. If he goes and joins them, I don't know. It might tarnish his legacy a little bit. And I, I don't want to say that, but very well could. As disgusting as it is, Luke, the Celtics would be insanity. It would be absolute insanity if he somehow got to to the Celtics. Yeah, there's, there's a 0% chance he goes there. I'm telling I you know, that. but that would be insanity. I think I there's would... also a 0% chance he goes to the Bucks Because he, he does not want Milwaukee. I was just naming contenders, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. There's not that many. I mean, there's not that many teams that are that much better than the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers. I know you said you think they might be trending down. I don't completely necessarily agree with that. I mean, Rui, Austin Reeves, they Austin all played Reeves. really, really well. Um, AD. I know a few minutes ago you said that AD played well in the series. He played well in Game One. That was pretty much about it. He really. He fell off pretty fast. They figured out AD pretty quickly. Um, he didn't play bad though. He just wasn't. No, no but dominant. you need. A, he's he's the best player on the team, like it or not. So uh, you kind of needed him to step up. Instead, it was more of LeBron. So in all the games, really, besides Game One and even Game One, LeBron scored twenty six. But um, yeah, I mean, I agree. He's he's probably going to be looking for a contender. I don't. I think we can both agree that he's not going to retire, though. So yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it, it the, the caliber that he's playing at right now, the stuff he still has left to prove, and the brawny factor, it just doesn't make any sense. And I also heard someone on the uh, the part of my take podcast they talked about LeBron is going to do a retirement tour. That's just who I, he is. Yeah. And whenever they said that, Definitely. I was like, you know what? That makes so much sense. He th- That is a LeBron thing to do. He he is like Coach K in that facet of the game where he is going to be like, yes, I'm I'm taking a retirement tour. Yeah. So the fact that I he, mean, uh, yeah, he wouldn't most good, players do. most good players do. I mean, Kobe did. Dwayne Wade did. You know, they all did that. So Dirk. Dirk. Yeah. I mean, so that would not shock me one bit. And obviously the LeBron factor. And that would make it honestly ten times more astonishing if he's like, "I'm done," yeah. and then just done. He's like actually done, and all he does is just go to like Bronny's games, and uh, I can't remember his other son's name. Um, Bryce. His games, yeah. There's so many Bryces right now. Bryce is an up and coming name. Just to put that out there, I feel like in the MLB there was like five Bryces that debuted in the last few weeks, and I was like, "Oh my god." Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young, number one overall pick. I, Bryce might be the number one up-and-coming <laughs> name of 2023. Keep that in mind. Watch out for the watch out for Bryce's. Um, oh, what were you talking right. about, LeBron? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Got distracted there. Um, we can yeah, move I, on, though. It, it was a very weird feeling, though, because I was – in my basement playing video games at like 11 o'clock at night, whenever I got the notification that was like LeBron hints at retirement from Bleacher Report, I got that notification and it took me back. I was like, what? Because that was the first time I had genuinely thought about LeBron retiring ever in my life. It just, he's been around my entire life. He's been the NBA. When I think of the NBA, I think of LeBron. 
my entire life. It's been that way. And to, to have just an even the thought in my mind that he wouldn't be there anymore was a crazy thing. Like, like, yeah, there is one day he's not going to be in the league anymore. And it's going to completely change my apple. It's going to be like Tom Brady this year. Like not having Tom Brady in the NFL is going to be weird. Um, maybe not as weird as the LeBron thing because there's other storylines in the NFL. But in the NBA, everything comes back to LeBron. Everything. Even the Nuggets swept him. What was, what was ESPN talking about the next morning? LeBron. The Nuggets swept the Lakers. What have we spent the last 10 minutes talking about instead of the Nuggets sweeping the Lakers? LeBron. Mm-hmm. He is the yeah. NBA. So. But yeah, the Nuggets scare me because Stan Kroenke, he can't keep getting away with this. But you want to talk about the series to see who can stop him? Yes, Heat Celtics. This one is heating up, no pun intended. I mean, uh, this is scary, Luke. Uh, if you haven't noticed, me and Luke, Luke is actually a Heat fan. He's been a Heat fan for a while. I am Since a Jimmy Butler stan. I think a Jimmy Butler ring would go so hard. Um, and I hate the city of Boston. I think it's one of the. It's a racist ass city. I don't like it. They're cocky as all get yeah, out. You're uh, so cocky too. Yeah. Justified. Don't get me wrong. Justified. I mean, they all they do is win, but um, it doesn't mean I have to like them. So. Uh, this is my biggest note, uh, and we'll talk about some of the games. Game six tomorrow is game seven for the Heat. I've heard that. You're, that you know, you might be like, what the hell are they talking about? They're set, you play seven games for a reason? No. Game six tomorrow at home in, my own, in Miami is game seven. I mean, if you lose three in a row... Two at home with the chance to close it out, and then you got to go back to Boston. All, Big Mo, Big Mo yeah. is completely switched. He is on the Celtics side, and uh, Jimmy Butler. I'll I'll say it. He has not been that great in the past three games, really. Yeah. Um, even that game three that they won, he only had like sixteen. And the biggest thing was so prevalent last night, so prevalent because Kyle Lowry was awful. Um, Gabe Vincent being out is treacherous for the Heat. I mean, it is so bad. He is, I mean, they need him bad. Um, And it wouldn't be like that if they had Hero and Victor Oladipo because then they would at least have two more ball handlers. Last night it was Kyle Lowry running the goddamn show. And, uh, you know, we got to the point where they had guys in the lineup that I had to look up. Um, that the main guy being Haywood Highsmith, who played some major minutes down the stretch of that game. And I'm like, who the hell is Haywood Highsmith? Is that the brother um, of Cedric? I have no idea, but he went to a Division II school. He was the Division II Player of the Year. Um, so shout out. But you know, it, that's that's awesome. where the Heat in the lineup. Uh, so that's crazy. If we're throwing out D two players here to close out an Eastern Conference Final series, that is insane. During the game, I was like, maybe that is part of the reason why there was because they had like Duncan Robinson out there who was D three. They had yeah. uh, they had uh, Hayward Highsmith out there who's D two. Jimmy Butler, I'm pretty sure started at a community college, but obviously Jimmy Butler's a stud. Um, Hayward Martin. Good. before 
went to Nevada was at somewhere way smaller. Um, no, it wasn't smaller, I don't think. Caleb Martin. Because he went somewhere, it was kind of, was it Cincinnati maybe? Caleb Martin College. Huh? My point still stands. He went to North Carolina, Carolina State. State. Yeah, that's not that much worse of a school than Nevada. I wouldn't say. I would. Mean, I would say it's actually better, but uh, I yeah. hate them. Well, so <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, you know, when you have D two, D three guys out on the court, and they had they had four guys score twenty points last night. That's the first time the Celtics have done that all year long. So they weren't winning that game no matter what. In fact. They were down 15 points after the first quarter, and uh, they pretty much were down 15 and 18 the rest of the game. So they kept pace the whole game, but after that first quarter, you know, it was lights out. Uh, who was really lights out was Derek White. He made a boatload of threes and um, pretty much knocked the heat out of the game from the from the jump. Um, but like we said, four guys scored 20 points, so it, they were never going to win that game in the first place. So, um, and one thing I wanted to point out about this, this, this team is if there was ever going to be a team that would blow a three on lead, this is the team that it would happen to the Miami heat, because their roster is just mid at best. It really is. The roster is mid. Um, and right now I would say it's honestly kind of teetering on it's kind of ass right now because of all the injuries right now. Um, it really is. I mean, when I look at their roster, like when their starting five last night was like Butler, the Struce is loose, Kevin Love, Bam, and uh, I think they had Caleb Martin come off the bench. Yeah, Kyle Lowry started. So, I mean, that roster is just not – it's kind of an eyesore, Lucas. So – yeah, that's why I'm saying if any team is going to blow a 3 lead, it's this team. And they're the eight seed, obviously. I mean, they are completely outmatched in talent. But you just got to win one more. So, yep. yep, that's the thing. But And what you say by uh, – when the you say game six is game seven, tomorrow night, Saturday night, which will be tonight uh, when the show comes out, tonight decides the NBA Finals. In my opinion, it it determines the winner of the NBA championship. If the Heat win, you can go ahead and hand it to the Nuggets. But if the Celtics win, they're definitely going to win the series. And if they come back from 3-0, oh boy, they are going to not – they're not going to lose. It's – you can't – you can't come back from 3-0 and then lose. The that, I think the Nuggets are that good. I, I, I do too. Oh, my goodness, sat down. Big Mo, that is undefeated Big Mo. The only other team I can think of to overcome a 3-0 deficit was the 2004 Red Sox, and they won the World Series that year. They destroyed the Cardinals in the World Series that year, let me repeat. <laughs> Wasn't even close. Yeah. So, But the Red Sox also were probably more talented than that Cardinals team. Uh, that could be. I don't remember really. I didn't. I didn't really watch that series. <laughs> I was yeah, like two I think, years old. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think the Heat will still win. It's still just 
it's weird. But I remember you telling me after game three, when the Heat were up 3-0 and ESPN released their thing, and they're like, yep, Celtics still have a 75% chance to win the series. And everyone was like, what? No, no, no. That was a butt-crack sport graphic. Oh, that was a butt crack was ESPN. No, no, listen. So Butt Crack Sports put out a meme that ESPN is still predicting them to win 75% to to the Heat's 25% chance to win. No shit. Like two hours later, ESPN actually puts out a graphic that they have the Celtics still have a 73% chance to win <laughs> and the Heat a 27% chance to win. So Butt Crack Sports was literally right there predicting ESPN's graphic, which is just insanity, but that is they've been taking some like ball sack sports. They literally predicted every single award. It was like mid March and they're like, the NBA has officially yep. announced the awards and it was literally all of them word for word. I was like, wow. So they've been they've been low key hitting on some of their takes lately. You can never forget I'll always remember this because this is still just mind boggling until this day. They Ball sack sports literally shot Anthony Richardson up draft boards. <laughs> and that's still insane to think about that an account on Twitter named Ball Sack Sports helped get Anthony Richardson to the fourth overall pick in the draft. I mean, think about that. Ball sack yeah. sports helped Anthony Richardson make extras millions. of millions of dollars. Yeah, than what he would have made. I think I actually think Anthony Richardson owes the owner of Ball Sack Sports a few thousand dollars. Honestly, at, at least, least, at least, at maybe, least. maybe a few hundreds of thousands yes. of dollars. But just think about that. Ball sack sports is the reason why Will Levis was taken in the second round by the Titans. Could have potentially changed the outlook of the NFL for a long time. Just think about that, how silly that sounds. But it's it's true. Well, that and Anthony Richardson's combine. Yeah. The no, combination. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but combination. He Ballsack Sports took Anthony Richardson's combine performance and just absolutely capitalized on it so perfectly. It was, in, <laughs> I'll never, I don't think I'm ever going to get over that. I don't know if that will ever happen again the way he did that. But that's why I'm not a why I'm not on the AR 15 train because <laughs> he, the reason he was drafted so high is because of a Ballsack Sports account. So, uh, all right, to wrap up NBA talk here, Cam. Finals prediction right now. I hate to do it, Luke. I think I've got the Celtics winning. I think they're going to win tomorrow, and then I think it's just over. So I'm going to go Nuggets-Celtics, and I I think the Nuggets will win. Um, So hopefully I'm wrong. I know that's kind of Nuggets. That's kind of cliche to, you know, you're hoping against your pick, but I really like my heart really does believe that the Celtics are going to win, but I hope I'm wrong. So nuggets in how many games? Shit. I think five. Wow. I really don't think it. I don't think, I don't think it's that close in terms of talent. Okay. I, who the hell is going to guard Jokic on the Celtics? Robert Williams, the third. I don't know. It can't be Al Horford. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't think you can guard Jokic. I think you oh, just yeah. have to slow him. You know, like when you play Madden and you're in franchise mode and you have an X-Factor player and you have three options, it's ignore him, slow him down, or neutralize him. 
I think the Jokic one, X-Factor, you got to click slow down. You can't neutralize him because then he'll just pass it to his teammates. Boom. That doesn't fix the problem. You can't ignore him because he is a problem. You just got to slow him down. That's You can't guard him. You just have to hope maybe he has an off night and you capitalize on it. Um, I will take the Nuggets in six games over the Miami Heat. I think the Heat win a couple games in that series. I hope they do. I hope they get there. I really hope they get there. Can you imagine how awesome that would be if the Heat beat the Nuggets in in the finals, though? I I honestly can't imagine it because I just... I don't see the world where it happens. I want to live in that world. That world is a little chaotic, and I'm itching for some chaos in sports. Um, So that would be nice, but I just... I don't see that world. Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to imagine that too. As much as I want it to happen, because I like Jimmy Butler, I like Tyler Hero, I like the guys on the Heat, I love Eric Spolstra, and I would love to see him win a title without LeBron. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, that's NBA talk. You want to get the tough scene? Sounds of good. The week. Um. Yeah, I'll go first. My first tough scene. And I've actually been working on this lately uh, in terms of the refund, but I just accidentally ordered a blank Mizzou football jersey. <laughs> I I went to the custom name category, and then I, I accidentally just one-click ordered it, and it just had no name and no number. So that was my, my tough scene. And then so I was like, oh, shit. So I clicked reorder. And I thought it was going to like change my order and fix it, but no, it just it just made me buy a second jersey. <laughs> so I, I bought two jerseys on accident, and um, I've been working on it. So hopefully, I can get that figured out. But yeah, that was a tough scene. Hey, what's um, wrong with a blank jersey? I ordered a blank jersey not that long ago. Well, blank jersey. I'd rather have a name on it. Um, so. Yeah, I, um, I ordered a St. Louis soccer jersey the other day, and it was blank because I don't know any of the players. That's different, though. I do know the players. Okay, I'm actually, I do know. It. I do know the players. I just I don't feel comfortable putting them on my, my jersey because I don't know them that well. Like I know their best yeah. player is is Leuven. I don't know what his first name is, and their goalie, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but he he's pretty good too. Um. And yeah, that's uh, that's about the the extent of my soccer knowledge at this point. <laughs> well, and the the problem with this is the person, the seller, is actually communicating back. But he, you can clearly tell he is Asian and speaks Chinese, and he's just translating it through a translator mm-hmm. because, like, I keep saying the same shit, and he's just like, "No, no, no, you have to do this, you have to do this," and I I'll send him pictures showing him that I can't do that, and he's like, "No, you just have to cancel it and reorder it," and it's just it's been a, a whole whirlwind. So uh, that's that's what happens sometimes when you buy from good old DH Gate in China. So, um, but yeah, I'll get it figured out. I think um, my next one is Michael Block. Finishing dead glass in the Charles Schwab Open. Um, if you don't know who Michael Block is, you actually probably do if you just watch SportsCenter for like five minutes in the past <laughs> week. He was uh, the darling of the PGA Championship 
uh, last weekend when he finished top 15, um, just as a, you know, scratch tour player pretty much, um, who's just some guy who gives out golf lessons at a golf course um, pretty much, and he made top 15, which means he's guaranteed a spot to come back and play next year at the PGA Championship. Which is cool. Well, he... Which was cool, but he is a big crier, cries after everything, um, which is a lot of the reason why the media ate his story up, because they love criers. Um, But then he also went on to make some comments this week, uh, talking about that if he had Rory McIlroy, who's a stud golfer, that if he just had his length off the tee box, then he would be one of the top players in the world. And... I shit you not, Michael Block finished 120 out of 120 golfers at the Charles Schwab Open uh, this week. So, mm. tough scene for him. I'm kind of yeah. out on him as well. If this, if we were doing in and out, I'm out on him. He I'm finished, out on the block. Uh, finished plus 15, which is three strokes ahead of the second worst <laughs> at plus 12. Nah, that's <laughs> awful. So, yeah. Uh, it's a tough. That is a tough scene, because yeah. he was he was literally in the perfect spot, and then he just ruined it. So, yep. I Man. guess one bonus tough scene. I uh, fished for the past two hours before we hopped on. I didn't catch a single thing. Lots of bites, but they would that just sucks. jump off. So, going fishing couple, so. and not catching anything is one of the worst feelings ever. It is, but it's still relaxing. So it's all right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, all right. My tough scene. These are both involving baseball. So we've, we've talked a lot of Cardinals on the show. Obviously we've talked about the Cardinals, I think almost every episode, but we haven't talked a lot about other MLB things that are going on. And on last Saturday, the Blue Jays were playing. I don't remember. The Blue Jays were playing another team in the MLB and, uh, Alec Manoa was on the mound in the fifth inning and their manager walked out, had a meeting with them. Actually the pitching coach walked out, had a meeting with him. And then a few batters later, the manager goes out to have another meeting with him, forgetting that the rule in the MLB is you, you once you have one mound visit, the second one, you have to take the pitcher out. And so he walked out there just talking strategy. And then the ump is like, uh, dude, you got to make a pitching change to the manager. And he was like, what? Oh yeah, we do. And uh so they lost their pitcher prematurely because their their manager forgot how many mound visits there were. I have heard some conspiracy theories about how maybe he did that on purpose because Manoa's pitch count wasn't exactly that high and he was like, Oh, I'm just gonna go out there and act like an idiot so Manoa doesn't think I'm taking him out because he sucks. He thinks I just have to take him out because it's the rule. Um which I don't think that happened. I, I like the other I like the other one better because I'm not a John Schneider fan personally of, of the Blue Jays. Um, and so I like the theory that he just is stupid. <laughs> I think that's funnier. Um, but yeah, tough scene regardless. And then my other tough scene is just simply. Never guess who Alec Manoa's fantasy on whose fantasy team he was on. Not yours. No, he was on mine. What? Alec Manoa's on your fantasy team? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that's false because I just tried to trade for him the other day and it was not with you. So Let's see. That's that... how much I know. <laughs> yep. Are you looking? 
Okay. All right. I'll give you a second here. Watching on the YouTube cam is just dumping peanuts into his mouth right now, which is kind of a tough scene in itself. Um, he's just snacking hardcore. Nope, not on your fantasy nope, team. Not on my that. team. It's Manaya. Sorry, that's a false alarm. Manaya? Oh, dude, you need to drop that guy. He sucks. Which gets me points. No, he doesn't. Ooh. I'm he up right now. I'm five and two, Luke. So am I. So and we're tied. You did beat me head to head, though. So there's that. Jordan Skywalkers. Don't have Jordan Scott. Don't have Jordan Walker on my team. He's not even in the league. <laughs> That's true. Bomb All right. And my other tough scene, also involving an MLB team, is the Oakland Athletics. Uh, just, just simply the Oakland Athletics. Their franchise is a tough scene right now. Their current record is ten. And forty-one. That I take that back. They're ten and forty-two, and they're already down five nothing to the Astros in the third inning today. So they're about to be ten and forty-three. Now, if you want to look at some of the worst records of all time, we can simply go here. The Oakland Athletics. I tweeted this yesterday on my Twitter. The Oakland Athletics are on pace for hundred and thirty losses this season. That would be the second most all time behind the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. If they continue this pace, they will finish with the third lowest winning percentage ever. This is including teams in the 1800s. Third lowest winning percentage ever behind the Spiders that aforementioned and the 1890 Pittsburgh Alleghenies. They would be the third worst behind those two. If they continue with this pace, they will finish 98 games under 500. 22 more games under 500 than the 2003 Detroit Tigers, who currently hold the 11th or take that back, who currently hold the 10th worst record in MLB history. We are witnessing an all-time season. Did I not say this at the beginning of the season? I literally this is like one of my Biggest questions for Jacob Michael Baldwin. Yep. Are the A's going to be able to do a goddamn thing in terms of winning any kind of games? Jake thought that they them. weren't. Yeah, you're right. They have. You're There's right. More than they have won this year. You're right. They have won 10 games. Congratulations. I mean, I, I thought they were going to be dead last. They are dead last. They're just that bad. That's. Nobody goes to the games. I mean, you know, we have all kinds of crime. Uh, one of the biggest crimes in Oakland is leaving tickets in somebody else's vehicle. And it's really sad to see, but that's just how it is right now in Oakland. So, yeah. um, And it's, it's going to be in Las Vegas very soon because they officially this week reached the agreement uh, to move to Las Vegas to build the stadium. They requested $500 million to build the stadium from the city, and the city, like, laughed at it. They are like, no, we're not giving you that much money, dude. Like, you've been penny-pinching for two decades, John Fisher. For two decades, you, you can't spend a little extra cash on a new stadium. And the city that you wanted to move to, this guy infuriates me so much. I'm not even an A's fan, but I hate this guy with all my guts. He is terrible for baseball. He's terrible for Oakland. He is a terrible businessman, and he 
he's just simply he's a bad human. He he he's an example of a human that should not be able to own a sports team. Personally, if the A's finish with that, what I just stated off, what they're on pace to do, or even if they finish worse than that, I think the owner should force him to sell. To let your team get that bad, intentionally get that bad, should be uh, a crime <laughs> in, in MLB standards. And I don't think the owner should put up with it. I agree. But... At least he knows how to tank properly. The St. Louis Blues could learn a thing or two from this guy. I mean, sure, is he an all-time asshole? Yes. But they are tanking properly. Yeah, they're tanking properly this year. The last decade, do you know how many players that they have had on their team that they have refused to, to pay to extend that the fans have loved? Not even that, but they trade them prematurely when they still have two to three years left on their rookie deals. Matt Chapman. Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, Marcus Simeon, Sean Manaya, just I mean, naming, naming names. I'm trying to, but this Wilson is a, this is actually a really good comparison for this. Is actually the St. Louis Rams. The St. Louis Rams knew that they were moving. We knew that we were moving, and. You know what they did? They just let their roster falter because they knew that, you know, they wanted it to be up and coming once they got to L.A. instead of the last few years, schemish years in St. Louis. They didn't give a shit. So they just kind of let it deplete. They didn't sign people until they got to L.A. They wanted the number one pick when they got to L.A. They got it. They got golf, um, all this stuff. And then they started building from there, but they made sure to wait until they were in LA. Um, yeah. Granted, they did they did have uh, Aaron Donald his rookie year as a Ram, but other than that, that's also that's when they fired. It. They waited till they moved to LA to fire Jeff Fisher too. Yeah, you're right. They knew he was going to be a perfect coach for losing games, so they just mm-hmm. kept him around. And exactly. You know how much we hate that guy, Stan Kroenke. I mean, we. I'll say this. I think I've said it on the pod before. If he can, like, dump, like, a shitload of money into the University of Missouri, a part of it will be forgiven. A part of it. But I think... He's not going to do that. I think his, like, niece or something had had her name on the name of the basketball arena, and then they found out that, like, she cheated in school or something like that, so they had to take it off. So, if you remember that, I don't know if you do. Normal cronky activities. Yeah, so... Oh, I don't even think he's married. He, I don't even think he's married into the Walton family anymore. He's made his own money since then, but he got his start from the Walton family. Uh, so he basically he married a Walton, the Walton daughter, took her money, invested it into the stock market very smartly. But it was her money he used, and then he made his own. Just a dirt exactly. Bag. He's just a dirt bag, and I think I've said it. I I never wish death upon people, but. He is one person I would probably applaud for if he died. I would feel no remorse <laughs> whatsoever for him or his family. Yeah, it's like that that one meme, just stop by my biggest hater's funeral to make sure that he's dead. It's <laughs> yep. that meme. So. Oh, yeah. I, will, I will tweet that image. So yeah. I will tweet it exactly. multiple times on the day that it's announced that he's dead. <laughs> which probably won't be. How old is he? He'll, Luke, he's probably going to outlive us, and that's the sad thing too. Yeah, I'll probably die in like my mid thirties. Frankie will still. He's be gonna probably outlive us because that's just what those old uh, bastards do. 
He was born July 29th, 1947. So he turns 76 in like two months. All right, well. That's kind of old. <laughs> it will be. He'll be old, but I don't He's still going to be around for so long. I just know it. He's got infinite money to just feed the healthcare system to keep him alive. Yep. Yeah. It's a tough scene for us, really. Yeah, it really so, is. Oakland, Oakland, we can relate. Not with the same sport because the Cardinals, thank God, actually try to compete a little bit. <laughs> no, they, they do a pretty good job of competing. I'll say that. Um, but, yeah, we went through the same thing with our football team. And I think, I honestly, I stand with Oakland. I think they're doing the right thing by not going to the games. It's it's not a pretty sight for their fan base, but I think all the true MLB people know the reason why. When they were a competing team, they were packing the stands. Um, But they've just, they've had enough. And I, I keep hearing renderings of them getting together for one game where they're just going to pack the stands with signs that are like, we are here, we are here, we're fans. It's not us, it's him. I want to know when that is. I I heard it. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I really hope it does. That would be really, really cool. Like, could you imagine that the, the stadium that has had no fans all year, just one night, sells out, and all the fans are just, you know, F. John Fisher, or whatever his name is. Fisher is his name. They start chanting it. You know, they're holding the signs. We're here. Sell the team. Stuff like yeah. that. That That's what they awesome. did at the last Rams game. I remember that. Yep. They chanted F. Stan Kroenke. Still do. Every still once do. in a while. At Avalanche yeah. games. Yeah. At, uh, they still do it at uh, – they did it at the Battlehawks games. <laughs> at, like the first couple home games oh, yeah, this year. I remember hearing that on the broadcast. Yeah. Beautiful. So Speaking of, speaking of the XFL, that's a tough scene. You had a 4-6 and six team win your championship. Really, Bob Stoops, a champion once again. That man, we beat them. We beat them in the regular season. We were yep. three games ahead of them in the standings, and we didn't even get a crack at the postseason. But they get just get to dance in and win it all. So I think we can firmly announce and say that if we were, if we made it, we would have won it all, right? By the adjacent property, yes. Okay, that's why I'm here. XFL battle. Hawks, St. Louis Battlehawks. Adjacently champions. Adjacent champions, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're coming for it next year, though. And that's a tough scene. That was a weird tangent we got off there with the A's. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what are we even doing next? Um, a little bit of sure. Carlos talk. Yeah. Take it away. <laughs> All right. Cam's notes is uh, he says on the Cardinals, I don't really give a rat's ass right now, which for him as a casual makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're starting to get into the dog days of the sun, you know, end of May. That's that's kind of when it starts right before the, you know, not right before, but way before the all-star break. People just kind of start tuning out. So the people who are watching and talking about it right now are true fans. <clears throat> me, me. That's me. Um, this past week, they had a very positive week. So when we last recorded, it was May 18th, and they won a shootout with the Dodgers on a Wayno bump day to give Wainwright his 
That'd be his 196th win in his career. And then they went on to take two out of three from the Dodgers. On Saturday night was an electric game. Nolan Gorman comes in in the eighth inning. Three-run bomb. Gallegos gets the call on the corner. And then Sunday, I didn't watch it all, but we won. DeYoung hit a three-run homer, as he does. And then he, he also hit a home run the next day against the Reds. In this series, we split. So I guess since we last recorded, we've, we're have we 5-3, and three, which is good. You know, we're on, we're on the winning side of things now. Wainwright got another win in the Reds series, which is unusual. He doesn't typically do very well in Great American Ballpark if you look at his uh, career. But he gets the win. He's now three wins away from 200. And if that happens, people will start, will start talking about him as a Hall of Famer, potentially. I think as Cardinal fans, for so long, we've just kind of been like, yeah, Wainwright's going to fall just short of the Hall of Fame, which five years ago, like when we kind of thought his career was ended, he wasn't having very good seasons. He was having a lot of injuries. His career was about done. We're like, yeah, he's going to come just short. The last four years of his career that he's put together here. Now, this year, this year is off to a bad start, but. Yeah, but last pretty yeah. damn good. They've been very good, and I honestly think they might be enough to push him over that edge and become a Hall of Famer. And I also think that MLB Hall of Fame voting is going to loosen just a little bit here because the fans are getting very annoyed with the lack of players getting into the Hall of Fame because the baseball writers, they, they get horny about voting, I feel like. They're, they just feel like it's such an important thing. They, they honestly, the baseball writers feel like voting for the Hall of Fame is like the most important thing they could possibly ever do in their life, which is kind of kind of weird. But I think that will loosen up a little bit in the coming years because fans are getting a little upset about that. With the combination of that, Wainwright's stats, he's going to hit some milestones here. I think he might be a Hall of Famer. That might not be a topic for today's conversation, but uh, I yeah, I did one feel- thing I will tag on to your this is that even if he is an eventual Hall of Famer, it is going to be such a long time before it he gets be first in. Ballot. Because, no, he's not. And he has to do the waiting. And he's not going to be first ballot. And there's other guys on the list that, I'm sorry, they are more deserving than he is. Um, so it's just going to, I think it's just going to be a while before he does. Yeah, I think we all know that. He might be on the, like, the Scott Rowland track. You know, Scott Rowland, it took him years and years to get into the Hall of Fame. More people eventually came around. And this year, on a weak ballot, it was a weak ballot this year. And weak ballots typically draw more votes for players that maybe are weaker caliber. So, you know, if Wainwright gets 10 years on the ballot, one of those years is a little weaker, especially in his later years, you know, seven through nine or something. He's going to get some votes, and I think he could potentially get get in there. Um. Yeah, I I think people are going to give him a serious look for the Hall of Fame, if that makes any sense. And I don't feel like it's talked about enough here in St. Louis because whenever it's brought up, it's oh he's just short, you know he's 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 going to get on the ballot, maybe stay on there for a few years, but he's not going to make it. Um, he's he's just he's not quite that caliber. I think we're really underestimating the last few years that he's had, and I think he he will get a serious look for the Hall of Fame. Will he make it? I'm going to say he will. 
by the skin of his teeth, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a battle with the baseball writers, but I think he will ultimately. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to this episode in like 15 years, and we'll address this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hold us accountable for it. Whenever he makes the Hall of Fame, yeah, I called it first. <laughs> uh, and then what else happened? Oh, Wednesday we got blown out because it was Steven Matt's day. And oh my God, that was a Matt's masterclass. In games that Steven Matz has started this year, do you know how many games we've won? One? Zero. Hmm. And that was completely made up, but it just, (laughs) it it might actually be true, but it just feels like every time, it's like, oh, every time the Cardinals account on Twitter tweets, oh, Matt's day on the mound, I'm like, oh, looks like we're losing today. And it has nothing to – he hasn't been, like, a terrible pitcher. It's just his vibe is very bad. And um, he, he did have a bad outing on Wednesday night. And, yeah, led to a blowout. And then Thursday we put out the lineup. We didn't have any of our big guys <laughs> in the lineup. But fortunately, uh, Michaelis came to play. And, you know, we, we survived with a sweep. And then we won't talk about tonight's game at all yet, even though we lost. But that's I think Michaelis is kind of back. Oh, yeah. He's back. You look at his last few starts, some of the numbers he's put up, um, and he's looked good. Yeah. If you take away a J.D. Martinez three-run homer in the sixth inning on Saturday night's game, if uh, this loads here. Man, that's just baseball, though. I'm just yeah, I, I just think he's back, you know? Okay, so his last... Four starts, he has given up, if you take away that three-run homer, just two earned runs. He's given up less than five hits every start. And he's gone six innings, seven innings, seven innings, and 4.1. So, he's back. He's back. He's been he's been better, you know. He's had three straight quality starts, and he's giving us a chance to win every single game. So that's good to see that we actually might have a good starting pitcher again. You know, we had Montgomery at the beginning of the year. He's fallen off. Michaelis has taken the role now of the of the one good starting pitcher on our roster. <laughs> so congrats. Um you get you get a trophy. You get here's your medal. Um yeah, it's it's bad. I'm actually going to look up if you want to talk a little about bit about the Cardinals right now. I'm going to look up the Steven Matz thing because I'm interested now. See what our record what is. Steven Matz thing. What oh, record how... is in uh, his starts? Oh, uh, you know we'll do an intermission here. Uh, NHL talk. I think both series ended in sweeps. Um, I definitely know that the. Florida Panthers swept the Canes. And fun fact about the Florida Panthers, they don't play in the same building as the Miami Heat, even though they're both in Miami. And Vegas, I believe, swept the Dallas Stars. And that's hockey talk. Also, Jimmy Butler wore uh, Kachuk's uniform the other day. So, yeah. Yeah, that's hockey talk. Knights versus Florida Panthers. In the finals, you know, Luke, I might watch one MLB or one NHL hockey game in in the finals. finals. Yeah, I know it's kind of big of me. That's kind of putting a lot out there, but 
NBA Finals coming up. It's going to be sports are going to be a little not going to be a whole lot on. I might watch one. Okay, so I'm looking up the Steven Matt stat. We're actually 2-8 and eight in games that he started. So, uh, and actually one of the games that we won was the game against the Tigers that ended the eight-game losing streak where he gave up six runs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 2-8. and eight. We have a 200 winning percentage when he's out there on the mound. And that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with him. It does have something to do with it. It's his vibe. He's a, he's a bad vibe. When he goes out there, he, he, he's not a dog. He does not have any dog in him whatsoever. That's, that makes any sense. Yeah, but hardly any of the players on the roster do. So I digress. Yeah, you know what? Who Who on the Cardinals has dog in them? Who would you say? Would you say Gorman has dog in him? No. Not yet. I, I think I think it's developing. I think he might have some puppy in him. He's got a puppy in him right now. Um, I really don't I don't think there's any dogs on the team. Brian Helsley? No, I don't think Mark Hensley has a dog in him. Adam Wainwright. Think about this one. He's an old dog. He's an old one. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe he used to. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I he's, think he what, you know, he's your typical dog. It's like, oh, you can't teach him new tricks, though. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah. That's a good. That's a good comparison. But, he's got the dog in him. It's just he's a like, very old. You know, like when I think of dogs, it's a little bit different in MLB. It just is because you play one hundred sixty-two. Like when I think about yeah. dogs, you know, like I think about. You know, like Jimmy Butler, I think about uh, Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady for sure. Um, um, I think of, you know, Aaron Donald. He's a dog, you know, um, guys like that. It's hard for me to think of, you know, I want to say guys like – it's just guys that really care so much, and they just put so much out there on the line for their team every single night. I Part of me wants to say, like, you know, like Acuna, something like that. Mm. Um, I feel like he kind of has I, a little bit of a dog. I don't but know I, if he's got I the dog. Like, like, I wanted to say Shohei, but I don't even know if I can say Shohei. I don't – it's it's different. It's Baseball is not a big dog sport. I think you could say someone like uh, Jorge Soler. I think you could say someone like Justin Verlander. You know, I was some, I was literally just thinking Verlander in Max terms of Scherzer pitching. is a huge dog guy. He's yep. got a lot of dog in him. Yeah, he does. Um, so some of like the big names, I think you you can you can imagine a guy with dog in him. Here's a here's a guy. I just thought of a guy on the Cardinals who has some dog in him. Wilson Contreras. That was my other pick, okay. but I was also um, I just didn't want to say it because it's also like you. He has some dog in him. He does because almost all catchers do. Not all of them, but guys yeah, like him and Yachty, they do. But he's also, you know, it's. I feel like for a dog, you have to have the dog in you, but you also have to be damn good. And you know, Contreras is good, but he, I'm not saying he's damn good. I'm not saying that right now. Um, so 
and that's why it's still confusing because like with Trout, you know, Trout and Shohei are the two best players on the planet probably, but Trout doesn't have the dog in him. I would agree with that. I I not I don't think Trout has the dog in him. I would say Shohei does. If you watch him in the World Baseball Classic, he has dog in him. I can confidently say that. I don't in know the if World you watched Baseball it. Classic. I did. Well, we yeah. did watch it. Yeah. Um, but I, it's still it's so hard for baseball. It almost is. It almost feels like an exclusively pitcher thing, pitcher catcher thing, like just the weird psychos of the baseball yeah. game. Pitchers. Although I'll, I'll, I'll say this. And this is Jose Altuve. I hate him. He's a bitch, but he's kind of a dog. Oh, he's huge dog. So that's you another one that I can. You know who's turning into a dog too? Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, he is becoming a dog. He he might be a stupid dog, but he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. a dog. All right, that's dog talk. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, so we got Contreras, uh, is the has dog in him. Adam Wainwright, he's he's a guy, he's a dog. You can't teach new tricks. And then the other guy, I'm thinking maybe Brendan Donovan, but uh, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think. Have so. you heard his walk up music? No, let's move on. You hating on Rihanna or something? <laughs> Just I, he's not a dog, Luke. I'll tell you that right now. It's different, though. Like I said, it's different for baseball players because you can be a good baseball player. Hell, you can be a great baseball player, Trout, but you don't have a dog in them. That's just the bottom line. So, I I, I agree with that. And it pains me to say it about Arnado because he can be a passionate guy, but. Yeah, I I was thinking about him because he was passionate, but. I haven't seen dog in him yet. Yeah. If we make the postseason, I'm going to be – I think he's going to go ham. But all right, that's uh, that's that. And then do you want to do say hello, kiss, goodbye, or do you have some NFL notes here? Do you want to uh, do those? I can run through there? some NFL notes. Uh, okay. I wanted – you know, maybe we'll just save the, this part for next week, the rules part. We'll, we'll okay. talk about it even two weeks later. Um, but, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins on the open market. I think the Bills and Patriots are going to pursue him. But uh, besides that, boy, I wanted to just bring up this. This is kind of a tough scene. Uh, Big Ben said on his podcast the other day that he was not pulling for Kenny Pickett this year. <laughs> so that was a shocker to everyone. Not uh, really. <laughs> it was such a funny thing to say because, like, he doesn't have to go on the open mic and admit that. He was going through this, but he went ahead and did it because that's just the kind of guy Big Ben is. And uh, <laughs> Big Ben, uh, Big Ben, uh, you know, he got out there and admitted it. And then Kenny Pickett just the other day said he doesn't, no hard feelings about it, which because that's just the kind of guy Kenny Pickett is. Yeah, he's, he's a nice gonna, guy. He doesn't give a shit. So um, that's another guy that might not have dog in him. Kenny Pickett, he's too nice to have dog in him. I do not agree with that one bit. I. I, I'm not saying that he's a full-blown dog, but it's just different for me the way I look at NFL players because I can see some mid-ass NFL players that have dog in them. It's just a different sport. You just have to have some dog in you. Now, there's some dogless NFL players, and now we're just getting back into dog talk, but <laughs> it's just true. 
Um, I feel like the NFL has the most dogs, and then it's the NBA, and then it's probably hockey, honestly, but I don't know shit about hockey. I would say so. that – I would actually say that hockey has more dogs than the NBA. Probably, we but I don't, don't know it. anything. But – exactly. We just don't watch it. Uh, but also, NBA – NBA is more one player centric oriented, you know, that really puts dogs in the spotlight. Even in, because even your best player in the NHL, you know, they're only playing a third of the game. So that's true. Kind of like the MLB, you're only batting three or four times a game. Mm-hmm. So, all right, say a little kiss goodbye, wrap up the show here. All right. Short episode. Um, this one was weird from Twitter this week. It's still going on. Uh, say hello to college teams and campuses boasting their weird food and attractions. Um, they've been putting out – it started out with um, – and maybe we can get the graphic on the YouTube if I send it to Luke and we both remember. Uh, it started out with Auburn posting this tweet on their football Twitter that – Auburn is the only university with a Bucky's uh, on their campus. And if you don't know what Bucky's is, it's that giant NS gas station that's pretty much like a mini mall in there. Um, in fact, Fenton just got one. Uh, really? Fenton, Missouri. Uh, they got just Wally's. off 44. Wally, sorry. That's not my Bucky's. bad. That's, that's not different. Me. I have been to a Bucky's in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. But uh, so I kind of get them confused a little bit. But. They are the only team with the Buckies, but every team now has just been memeing the shit out of Auburn by following up with their own. Like uh, just recently, University of Memphis tweeted out, Memphis is the only college town that has a giant pyramid with a Bass Pro Shop inside of it. (laughs) And uh, Appalachian State, Appalachian State is the only college campus with a double-decker Wendy's. there is – oh, what was it? What was it? Oh, Long Beach State is the only college campus with a McDonald's that has a dinosaur on the outside. You know, they're just all boasting their own weird little attractions. It's become this weird trend. If you're interested in it, follow the Sickos Committee. They are retweeting pretty much every single one and then beveling the graphic uh, to oblivion. So, Speaking of Long, Be- Long Beach State, since you brought it up. Uh, oh my gosh! I I see the beveling of the, <laughs> the dinosaur right now. Oh my god! That caught me all by surprise, but that actually makes sense. Um, where's it at? Long Beach State has uh, what it, it's like the big pyramid. They use they play in a like a big pyramid. Oh yeah, sorry, that's what it is. They're the only they're, they're like the only campus that plays inside of a pyramid played home games in a pyramid yes so this is i think it's volleyball that's on the uh the youtube right now i'm holding my phone up that's the pyramid. Uh, you can play volleyball volleyball and uh basketball in there so pretty cool <laughs> very cool actually if you, if you ask me the old memphis grizzlies used to do that or maybe it was just memphis state All right. Is that your say hello? I think I have one more. Oh, say hello to Kanyeism for me. 
I just started listening to Kanye West, and it has been life changing. His his music is sick. You just started. I just I sent a text to uh, one of our group chats the other day, and I said I'm going to start listening to Kanye, and I have some Kanye enthusiasts to guide me. Shout out Colin and Jake. Uh, they were able to yeah, get me started. I started with Graduation, which is my favorite. Greatest Great album, album to start off with. I think the greatest album probably that I've ever listened to. Then I've been going in order. I've been doing a new one every single night. Great I haven't had time get. tonight, but I've started. So I went in, I'm going in order. So I did College Dropout, Late re- Registration, Graduation again, 808s and Heartbreak. And then the next one is, I think, My Dark Twisted Fantasy. So that's on tap for tomorrow. That, that's so going to be I'm excited. Night. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Once you listen to that album, you will never, ever, ever listen to a better album in your life. That's your favorite, My Dark it's, Twisted Fantasy? That's my favorite album ever, of any artist ever. That's good that's to hear. And I, I and think then once you get I, past that, you'll get to The Life of Pablo, and The Life of Pablo has some of my favorite songs ever on there oh yeah as an album it it's lacking there's some weird things on there some weird kanye things that he does but you'll just ease your way along here like graduation is where i started out with i listened to that i was like this is the best album of all time and then you listen to my beautiful dark and twisted fantasy and you're like it gets better and it really does and it never gets old i'll I'll probably give an update next week Cause I'll be close to done because I'll, but I'll, I still have a ton left. Um, Jesus, Donda, Life of Pablo, uh, all that stuff. So, and I'm going in order, like I said, so, but yeah, it has been awesome. Uh, and if I had to rank them thus far, I would do, um, graduation, uh, 808s and heart, heartbreak or whatever it is. Heartbreak. Um, That's a good one too. I really liked that one. And then I'd probably go late registration, then college dropout, which apparently is surprising because college dropout is Jacob Michael Baldwin's. That's like one of his favorites. So maybe Colin said that I just need to go back and listen to it later on again. And then you start to pick up even more songs that you're like, God damn, these are just bangers too. I just didn't realize it yet. Because each one, even college dropout and late registration, both of them have songs in there that I just love, but it wasn't the whole way through like graduation. Like I can sing along to every single song graduation. It's that sick. So shout out to Kanye. And now I'm just like a Kanye defender on Twitter, which is just hilarious. Okay. It's so so funny. Can you separate the art from the artist? No, I, I I don't stand for a lot of the shit Kanye says, but it's, it's funny to act like you do on Twitter. So you can separate the art from the artist then. If you don't stand for what he says, but you love his music, I guess I'm the same way. I think he's a, I I think he's kind of an idiot in real life. I he might yeah. have something wrong with him, but his music is awesome. <laughs> probably bipolar shit. Oh, something yeah. probably just happened somewhere in between there because he definitely hit like a wall where he just started going absolutely bananas. But um, yeah, um. So yeah, those were my say hellos. That was Did a great ever? say hello too. <laughs> Thank you. Like I said, we'll re- I'll probably be back with a full list maybe by next week or close to. All right. Uh, my say hello is Twitter 
and just breaking the internet. So for many months, probably close to a year, I've been following this account on Twitter. Every Breaking Bad frame in order, at Breaking underscore frames. And for the last few weeks, we've been getting down to the end of the series. And the last few days have just been extreme because everyone who's watched the show knows the scene that's coming up. And it's like the most iconic scene. And over the last few days, it's been going through all the frames. And it everyone is like, oh, man, this is going so slow. We're almost there. We're almost there. And finally today at 530, the scene dropped. And it already has 340,000 likes as well as 101,000 retweets. And this was four and a half hours ago that it was tweeted. So this, uh, it, yeah, it's breaking Twitter right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been following that account since I started watching. Um, And so it eventually caught up to me um, because I haven't finished um, the show. I'm actually planning to finish it with with Jake uh, this summer when he catches up to where I'm at so we can just watch it together at the end. But I have been following that account as well. And some of it is just so nostalgic. Um, that account, the but it's so crazy how it literally posts literally every single frame. I mean, black screens, uh, black screens at all. It posts literally every single second. Some of the cringiest shit from that show posts it all. So great account to follow. And it's just going to restart here once we're done. Um, no, so. it's going. Uh, the guy logged back. So it's like automated by a bot. He like coded it to tweet everything. And the guy logged back into it a few days ago, and because uh, it, it's been getting a lot of traffic, oh, and he shit, was like, Twitter. Yeah, he was like, do I start a new account for Better Call Saul, or do I just turn this one into the Better Call Saul? And most people said turn this one into it. So I think he's going to do El Camino, which is uh, the two-hour movie that occurs, takes place right after Breaking Bad, and then he'll do Better Call Saul. So he's going to do the whole That's series. interesting. I think this is... I don't think this is the first time it's been through the cycle. I think this is like the second time. So maybe this time this it just got so popular. No, this is the first time. I'm pretty sure. Well, then I I started following it like at the beginning of the account thing because I saw I started following it when it was in season one of the frame in its infancy. Yeah, uh, yes, I thought it was it joined, just on a cycle. It joined June 2021, and it also says it started June. 22nd of 2021. Okay, so I started watching it in 2022. Maybe yeah. it was just like on the back end of season one frames when I started following it. So it could have been. Um, and then my I, other say hello is. Um, the economy, because the United States did not reach a debt ceiling agreement today, and uh, which basically means we're going to hit the default and crash the economy. So I, I'd advise you, if you're about to do anything risky with your money, probably wait a little bit. I'm not an economist or anything, but it, I would advise you. <laughs> But if you were an economist, if I was an economist, I would heavily advise you. But I'm not Shit. just advising you. 
I think my AirPods are about to die. Okay, yeah. well, let's wrap it up here. <laughs> All right. Um, my kiss it goodbye was the 2023 senior class. Congrats, seniors. Shout out to some listeners who we got here. I think we got Ian. He listens from time to time. Maybe Hannon. I can't remember if he listened from time to time. Um, yeah, I think that's it pretty much. Mark, for the senior class. I don't think so. Oh, shout out to uh, to former guest Trevor Burr as well. Oh yeah, he graduated. Episode, oh yeah, we've got we got plenty of guys 22. graduating. Plenty of guys guys that uh, just graduated that we're friends with. So um, yeah, shout out to that class. Clap it up for the class. Good job. Good luck. Was all that worth an effort? Was all that work and effort really worth just a piece of paper in a ceremony? Let's be honest. No, no comment. <laughs> At the time, all, no comment. All, all the work that me and you were doing right now in college, once again, just for a piece of paper, is it worth it? This time we have a choice. The, the the government forced us to do the first one. This this one we actually have a choice in doing. Yeah, it's kind of on us. It's, yeah, it, it's on us really. It's so, all right. Yeah, that's a great kiss of goodbye. My kiss of goodbye is my hair. So, it's been a little bit over a month since I got a haircut, and I think it's the quickest I've gotten a haircut in about three or four years. Usually I wait about two to three months. It was just getting too long. So it's still not super short, but it is, it's a kiss goodbye. So yeah. Yeah. I need to cut mine too. I can't even comb it anymore. So yeah, mine was getting to the point where, uh, I, I was running on the treadmill and my hair started sweating and it was like right on my eyes. And I'm like, yeah, this it's time. It's time. Called the next morning and got it in. So Becoming a hat guy, but becoming a uh, clean-cut guy as well. <laughs> so Perfect. All right, and that is episode 62. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And stay tuned for episode 63 because we, are, it's, we haven't recorded any interview yet, so it's not official, but it is very likely to happen that we we are going to have a very big interview next week. So next week tuned. or the following, we'll see. Yeah, it's, it'll definitely be very soon. It'll definitely be one of the next two shows, but most likely next show. So stay tuned for that show because that's going to be a good one. You you won't want to miss it. We haven't had a guest other than Jacob in in a long time, so this it's going to be big. And uh, yes, we're very excited. Very excited. So everyone have a great week. Um, enjoy the first week of summer here for high school students and you know, continue join your summer for college students. And we'll see you guys next week.